definitely took the idea of scaling into into the mix because we needed to, to launch something fast. We didn't have years, we had months. So we had to build something out, but we didn't compromise on the things that really mattered. Some of those things we we did build scale up from the very beginning, but some of the tools we we just built really fast. If there's any parts of our product that do not scale, I don't think that's out of naivety. I believe that's a choice we made based on a compromise. But it has been in our vernacular, it's been in our conversations from day one. I am Nick Polito, and I'm the co-founder and CEO. I am Rowan Finlay and I am the lead front-end developer. And together we help run a company called Square Kicker. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lapart, and today how Nick Ippolito and Rowan Finley created the foundation for you to take your Squarespace site to the next level. All this and more on Code Story. Nick Ippolito has been involved with youth work for many years and stumbled into web design and taught himself how to code. He's been married for 15 years, and he and his wife have three children, along with a budding startup they run together. They enjoy mountain biking in New Zealand and all things technology. For Rowan Finley, tech has always been in his blood, with his family members working in the industry. In his younger years, he was into technical Legos and used to mod Xboxes for pocket money. He's spent a lot of time in tourism and has done a lot of freelance work building sites for your local technicians. During a few days off, Rowan decided to tinker with an idea and build a tool to enable custom Squarespace code generation. When he came back, he immediately showed off what he had built to Nick and his wife, who immediately saw the value and the future in the product. This is the creation story of Square Kicker. Square Kicker is a no-code design and animation extension for building Squarespace websites. If you are using Squarespace to design a template-based website, really fast and easy to use to make a website on Squarespace. A lot of designers and DIY builders choose to use it, but once you want to kind of customize that site beyond the levels of the template, you need to add custom code. And there's no option for built-in plugins or apps like Shopify or WordPress have, so code is really the only option in this situation. So SquareKicker allows you a way to customize your site using what's a kind of a, a UI, which is a no-code visual builder that the user gets the ability to drag and drop certain sliders and drop downs and features, which instantly gives you real-time feedback of what those designs look like and then writes that custom code for you and saves it in your custom code area. It's backed up, it's saved, it's updated and maintained for you. So taking all the technical challenges away from the designer to create a custom website on Squarespace. So I, again, was a self taught web designer and was making websites on pretty much any platform I can get the hand, my hands on and working with you know, things like you know, Dreamweaver and WordPress and Shopify and just about anything you could find. And I found that handing off websites to clients was was always a an interesting challenge and found Squarespace to be a really easy, fast way of building a website, but also giving it to a client. Squarespace became the kind of website platform of choice. 
what I started to realize is not everyone can code. And a lot of people use Squarespace for that easy, fast design development process, but didn't have the, the knowledge or the technical would know how to code. So people were actually selling their code online. I thought that's fascinating. But in the terms of doing that, you find that developers and designers are very different. They're different parts of your brain. So though functionally, a lot of the code would be written well, the design wasn't up to spec on a lot of designers. And so the designer didn't have that finesse to control that design or bring that code to that brand level for their clients to use. So I started thinking about how I could do this. And shortly during that time, I started getting really busy making websites. And that's actually when I met Rowan. The origin story of us meeting actually isn't Square Kicker. It's getting into the web design industry, which is interesting. Yeah. And it was upon that relationship when I guess us working together and going, how can we you know, streamline this. And Nick already had ideas before I came on the scene. But I mean, then it kind of went into, I guess, the, the big P, uh, the pandemic. Things changed. We needed to do something with our time. Nick is a man who never runs out of ideas. He had a couple of couple of things up his sleeve. Yeah, I mean, we actually started writing code snippets. That was that was the original plan. So, like, oh, we can, we can do this too. There was a podcast I heard in the past, which I should really remember the name of being on a podcast myself, which is a horrible thing to say out loud. But it's easier to say this in hindsight. Problems are not unique. It's not the first time someone's come across these problems. They're often mm. just the same problem, but in a different environment um, that someone hasn't figured out a solution for yet. There was a familiar problem that just needed to be solved again on a different platform. We started working on ideas. We started bouncing back and forth, different ways to, to add those code snippets. That code snippet turned into a slider or a, a button that we click to add those code snippets faster. And then we started to think, what if they wanted to tweak that code snippet? How do we create a UI that allows you to do that? Come up with a way to stick a UI in the browser inside of Squarespace website that's interacting with both your website and the admin area of Squarespace is not something that's been done really before. And so we just kept going back and forth trying to figure out ways to do that. And um, and Rowan kind of had an idea. And I said, look, let's just get this code snippet um, thing done first. Let's make some money in the bank and make some kind of passive income on the side while we battle the pandemic and missing clients through the, through the air. It was a long weekend and Rowan got curious, which is always a good thing. That led into one long, fun weekend. I think it was, it was my 30th birthday. It was, uh, it was Easter weekend. I was living in a shed at the time in the country and my parents renovated shed for multiple reasons, um, saving money. But there was lots of hammocks sitting in the middle of paddocks, um, just sort of zen during the lockdown. And I think I was probably like 40, 50 hours later, I came back to Nick and Hannah with a prototype and I was, I was, I was effectively apologizing because I, I went rogue. Then more or less Nick's head exploded and then um, Hannah's head exploded in proxy because your mm. head was exploding. Yeah, so my wife Hannah was currently a photographer and she was fully out of work at the time. We kind of looked at what Rome was making and we kind of talked about it. We thought this this could actually be something massive. I mean, all it was doing was a little button that made code for you in the, in the, in the Squarespace editor. And we thought, well, if, if we can do that, there's, there's nothing on the plant that we can't build with that tool. And so we doubled down. And we started smashing out Square Kicker full time. I want to settle into the MVP for a minute. You decide where you want to, what you want to call the MVP, but tell me about that MVP. Maybe it's the weekend. So the first question is, how long did it take to build? Maybe it's the weekend, or maybe it's a little bit longer. But I'm curious, also, what tools you use to bring it to life. I mean, the first thing is, yeah, when Nick and Hannah decided it was something that they were really keen to double down on and to sort of invest their life into, and we all thought it was a great idea and something we wanted to do, 
So, I mean, me and Nat and, and Nick and Hannah, we all knew sort of at that point how long our development runway was. I think it might have been about five to six, maybe eight months at a stretch, but we knew we had to get something something to market within that time frame or there wasn't going to be a future, effectively. Office space, funding all the hardware, getting all the laptops, screens, you know, lots of, lots of lovely desks to make us feel important as well, but... There was a lot of, yeah, a lot of hard work. I mean, we were all very self-motivated. There wasn't really anyone pulling the whip or telling people what to do. I think we all knew what was at stake and that we wanted to make this happen. There were, there were weeks where me and Nick um, just spent the entire day on whiteboards. There's, we've got pictures of literally us crouching in front of a whiteboard for days on end, um, working through some of the most basic parts of the tools, just working through the, the user experience, how things going to work, what expectations are. Um, that, was, that was heaps. And in terms of the tools, I mean, when we brought Nat on board, he was from a larger business with probably, it's safe to say, more structure. He upskilled us pretty fast on like agile workflows, and which made a big difference. Um, getting into sort of DevOps and and looking towards sort of continuous development and getting our stack together. I mean, we we use tools. Um, we were using Netlify. That's how we got started, at least. Uh, MongoDB, Heroku, um, lean heavily into GitHub. Obviously, Squarespace is a very integral part of our development stack. Where um, Vue.js is most of what we're using for the actual UI, which exists within the Squarespace environment, and more of a React-based uh, dashboard does all our subscription management and, and things like that. The MVP is, is interesting because we, we wrote a long list of every single thing that we want to make this tool do and, and be, and, and we that list just went on for, for ages and decades and then we quickly realized that we, we couldn't build everything. We end up shipping um, an MVP about five months into into building this thing with really a, a, couple, a few tools. So we had like a text, how do you change some text on your website and, and a bit more finesse, how to change a button color and maybe some block tools that you're rotating them and hiding them and shifting them around. And that was pretty much it. There wasn't a lot of finesse around it. And we quickly realized it was going to be something that was going to be um, really powerful for a lot of developers and, and even designers, rather. Once we kind of figured out, you know, the, the bare minimum, the basic and the foundation of what those look like, it's actually the hardest part wasn't the coding. It was the planning of what tools to make next, how to make the tools, how to logically put them in a menu that made sense and how to snip out useless tools that we thought people would never want to use. And it's just going to clutter the system. Okay. So from that point, then from that MVP point, I'm curious about how you progressed the product and matured it. And and Nick, to what to your point in what you were saying, how you went about building your roadmap and deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Square Kicker. So as a Squarespace designer, the Squarespace have a community called Circle. We know squares and circles, we're all about shapes and um, web design. And essentially those are designers making websites for other people. So there's a, there's a big forum, people asking each other, how do I do this? Or does anyone have a code for this? And I'm sure Squarespace are seeing the same themes, but for, for whatever reason, they're either not choosing to build them or they're going to build them someday in the future. But we decided to, you know, obviously look at that list. And I was curating a list for probably a good year or more. So we had a very long list and still that long list continues to grow, even if it's 12 years of, of developing probably still to come. 
the interesting thing about what we should build first is we, we realize that a lot of the tools needed a foundation. So if you wanted to change the most basic, simple blog, you need to build a change of text. If you wanted to build a basic, simple um, gallery, you need to change an image. So we, we kind of worked on the foundations and, and then we kind of built on top of those layers, like every single block on Squarespace. They all need their own individual tools. So we would start with the most common ones and just kind of work our way through those. But it wasn't just on those individual tools. It was actually all the very kind of sophisticated advanced tools that we wanted to build, like some animations, some hover animations, some sticky sliders, some scrolling effects, some back to top buttons, some split screen animations. So there's a lot of interesting outcomes. And I think what we did is we, we, we took the most common asked features that we were seeing people wanting to figure out how to do. And once we started there, that quickly turned into um, a, a series of people asking for features because they realized, could you also do this? And we thought, sure, why not? It's always shifting and changing. I think even this morning, we're looking at a feature that got requested of and thought, could we ship it today or should we wait for a couple of days before we actually test it? We do look for the cheap ones as well. I mean, often, um, you know, the complexity that something appears when you're looking at it on the front end as a user, it can often be quite unintuitive if that's the case. Sometimes there's ones that look really complicated, but it's actually really simple to implement code-wise, and then there's a whole bunch which are the other way around. So we get a request and we go, you know what, that's a cheap win. We should do that. You fire it out the door. But we do definitely stop and slow down and go, is this going to cause us some headaches down the track? Should we stop and think about this a bit harder? Maybe, Maybe take a few weeks on this one. I'm saying that I guess it's all pretty fast if we're talking the difference between days and weeks. So <laughs> that's just the, the time frame we're on, I guess. So yeah, agile. Okay, well then let's switch to team. And and I know you guys are a fairly small team right now, and I've heard some of the stories about how you know Rowan came into the the mix and obviously how Hannah was already in the mix. But I'm curious what you look for in the people that you bring on to your team to indicate that they're the winning horses to join you. We, we somehow managed to be really lucky, I think, to be to be fair. Ron and I probably only met a few months in and hit it off pretty quickly. And now I can't imagine doing, you know, business without him. So having that kind of, you know, divine time of us meeting is, is pretty exciting. And the same thing is with Nat. And, but that, that team has kind of grown from four to eight in the past kind of couple of years. I think in the last 12 months, we've added five people to the payroll because myself and Hannah weren't being paid at that time. Yeah. So we've, we've quickly um, grown. To, we're, we're nearing on um, hiring our 10th person pretty soon. And I think the, the things that we look for as a team, and, and especially myself and Hannah, when we, we look to say when adding to a team, we've got a really um, special work culture. And I think mm-hmm. we enjoy being together. We work well together. We laugh. We lunch together. We, 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 we code well together. It's because that culture that helps us create a really unique um, product because everyone takes ownership of what they're doing and everyone really enjoys what we're doing. And we see the vision and the values of what we're building. So because we're all together on that mission, I think that creates a better product. So we actually look more so about how do we get along with each other more so than how well we can code because we know coding is something you can teach and you can learn, but actually how we work together is is way more beneficial than having the experience or the degrees at the end of your name. Um, and so primarily, if, if we have a really good vibe about someone and we feel like we all get along with, with each other, that's kind of a, a winning horse, if you will, to, to, to kind of add them to our team. I mean, to give you a really cheesy example of what I think is great work culture is there, there are commonly days where I will I will work from home. I still come to work for lunch. Is that really sad? <laughs> <laughs> I live close, but yeah. 
but you know i think um yeah just curiosity ambition and i mean personally i'm more hung up on what makes someone tick than than what they can say they've done in the past let's flip to scalability then and this will be interesting and i could you know from your your origin stories and your early stories i could probably you know pick out where you went with this but i'm just going to ask it openly was this built to scale efficiently from day one or are you fighting this as you grow and gain traction I feel like the right answer is both. And I feel like that's because every step of the way, there are compromises in anything, really. Like whether it's your professional endeavor or your marriage, like you just don't get very far without making compromises. That's just part of the game. In terms of like our backend stuff, that's always been a concept from step one. I don't think if there's any parts of our product that do not scale, I don't think that's out of naivety. I believe that's a choice we made based on a compromise. But it has been in our vernacular, it's been in our conversations from day one. Again, like Nat has been a huge part of that and sort of how our backend servers are set up on multiple shards, horizontal scaling and all those sort of fun words. Very much been there from the get-go, but we also need to move fast and we also know how long our runways are at times and when we need to uh, make make bank. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, pros, and, pros and cons definitely took the idea of scaling into into the mix because we needed to, to launch something fast we didn't have years we had months so we had to build something out but we didn't compromise on the things that really mattered some of those things we we did build scale up from the very beginning but some of the tools we we just built really fast and easy because we know those can be changed really quickly but how the data is stored and how our servers function those are core elements of our software that needed to work and continue to work even as we scaled so we took the compromises there we we have since rebuilt square gigger in its entirety its entire tool stack within a few months at one stage because squarespace made a big update so we had to also act quick and so there wasn't an easy way to, to make that transition, which is to, to rebuild everything. Having looked back, could we have actually done things differently? Maybe, but I'm glad what we, we did it this way. And a, a good quote that I like to remind myself of is to, to, to do things that don't scale, uh, is to continue to do things you know are not going to scale, but then eventually you automate that process to be able to, to scale in the, in the future. But you need to just do something now rather than hold off and not doing it or waiting too long to to implement that. We also made some smart decisions along the way that uh, things that don't involve scaling, which is, again, just the fact that you're thinking about that during every step of the process allows you to make those decisions. Where the custom-generated code for people's website is stored, we back it up, but it's not served from our server primarily. It's stored in Squarespace's code injection area, and that frees us up hugely in order to scale. It's, it's, always, it's always been a full process, but not always possible. As you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I'm probably proud about two things that we're, we're doing. One of them is, is what we're building. We're allowing web designers who are not technical to be able to create really custom next level designs without being involved in the code at all. And that's that's really exciting. That, that means that more designs, more functionality, um, higher level designs can be created that otherwise wouldn't have been created. So the feedback that we get from our users and designers is that they're able to scale, to grow, to charge more. And it's all because of the tool we built. So that that we're changing people's lives. And, and then that's not in a trite way. We actually literally people saying how they're changed their lifestyle, their, their amount of hours they're working in a day. And it's a pretty exciting place to be and, and be able to 
serve those people across the world with the code that we're writing and the product that we're building. But this, the second thing I think I'm most proud about also is the team we're building. We've got a really cool team and it's a team that I wish, you know, I would want to work for. And so being able to create that and, and, and join coming to work every day and enjoying the work that we're doing and enjoying the people that we're around where we're around these people our entire lives more than anything else and so the fact that we all enjoy what we're doing but also being with each other makes that really exciting one of the thing i've enjoyed most about this journey here is writing code which actually has a really big reach what makes me tick is um it's not much fun writing code that no one uses so the, the the reach that I have, I get to write all this code. I get to you know make things easier for people, and and people get really excited about it. Like I love getting the feedback after release and going, this feature is so cool, it's so awesome, or just even feature requests because that's the same kind of excitement. Just walking around knowing there's a whole bunch of people interacting with the th- with the thing that I do on a day to day basis is really motivating. Um, and just having a, a great team, having worked with great people to build a company um, where we can all come to work every day and, and have a you know, have a good time while still working hard. It's the dream. Okay, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. It's weird to say that I don't know if we've made any mistakes yet because I'm sure we have. Everything so far has gone real smooth and we, we, we think about what we've done and what we would do differently and I honestly can't think of anything at this stage. We, we seem to so far have managed to hit product market fit really easy. We uh, Great customer retention, great pricing, great product, um, great delivery, great software. So it's, it's, it's not in a single thing that we've made a mistake, but I guess we make mistakes really intentionally. And what I mean by that is that we often ship things knowing maybe it's not perfect. And we know we, we ship fast and we ship often if it maybe wasn't um, laid out the best way. We do that intentionally because we, we need to get something out quicker than spending more time on it. So we make mistakes intentionally so that we can continue to, to, to iterate fast. I mean, every, every single mistake is a, is a learning opportunity. I think a mistake is a mistake when you stop trying to fix it. Do we do things incorrectly at times? Definitely. But we iterate really fast and everything is a learning opportunity. And I mean, I've definitely made real mistakes in terms of, yes, writing a JavaScript function and accidentally putting false instead of true. And then having to flip that an hour later, like yeah, humans humans will be humans totally. But Nick is right in terms of um, like business decisions and things. I think Nick's and Hannah have just been legends in having their their thumb on the pulse and sort of getting an idea of what's going on and, and what they think people need. And in that aspect, yeah, I think we've hit the mark weirdly well. This is fun to ask. Tell me what the future looks like for Square Kicker, the product, and the team. We, we have a really big vision and that, and that's to allow web designers to basically create for the web without no, without any code. And that's, that's a, that's really open-ended. So, I mean, if everything you could create on a website and for the web was available inside of a tool, inside of a website builder on a platform like Squarespace, what would that look like? So that, that's our big vision. Having said that, Square Kicker really is a lot bigger than it is now. In fact, we're just building the foundations for what's to come. Currently doing some R and D and just development now that we're hoping next year we can we can start releasing some of those those answers what that looks like but this really is the foundation of what's to come next and that's for a web designer to make a, a living making websites and um, developing those faster more efficiently and at scale potentially even make some passive income on the side as well for those designers a bit like what we have so it's been able to equip and empower designers to scale 
making their business, but also the end user because they're the ones that receive that. So how can they continue to make changes and edit their own website and give those designers, empower those designers to serve those clients the best they can without any of the technical challenges that they would have to offload into a client? Having those two things in, in balance, I think, uh, is, is the vision where we're going. And the, the, I think the really exciting thing is that no one's really doing this. I mean, there's really complex web building type of tools that are you need a PhD to kind of understand the no-code product. And that's rightfully so because the internet can be quite complex. But how can you build a tool that abstracts all that technical code away, but also the technical understanding of what's happening behind the scenes so that a designer and a user can actually make those complex websites without needing to understand what's happening behind the scenes. So that's that's what we're building. That's where we're going. Okay, this will be for both of you individually. So tell me who influences the way that you work. You know, Name a person or many persons or something that you look up to and why. You might have noticed I'm a little bit more on the introverted side of the fence, so maybe I'm not big on people who are centre front of stage and yelling about how awesome they are. So number one on my books would probably be uh, The Woz, or the mighty Steve Wozniak, um, the counterpart of Steve Jobs, who helped with the foundations of Apple. I get the impression he was more just interested in the challenge, more so than the, the, the business logic or even the paycheck. I like to think he does things for the right reasons, but yeah, just just love the challenge and just like overcoming something that they don't think someone's done before. But the other person I'd, I would say I admire would be um, Marcus uh, Person or Notch, who's the um, the inventor of Minecraft. No one thought what he did was going to be possible, and he and he did it. And I and I think something about Minecraft that's so cool is that he created something that allows people to then create and that's something which is just awesome you want to make a box of lego give it to people and then see what they create like that's just exciting stuff i would have to say the ceo and founder of squarespace for sure to start off with we are, we are building on their platform and it's once inspiring to see what one person can make i mean there's there's a there's a large company that's serving millions across the world starting from from one guy's dorm room and um kind of built a company from really bootstrap from his i think his parents gave him a couple couple thousand dollars for a server basically to see what it's been built now is, is really inspiring and um, that's that's really exciting to see what uh, one person can do with a team of people. But interesting enough, um, I also find Vlad Magdalene, uh, CEO, co-founder of Webflow, to be really inspiring, not from necessarily just what they're doing on the web um, and their platform, but just the vision that I think he has in the leadership and that no-code space. Just that, that same heartbeat of giving more people the tools to be able to create things for the web so that more ideas more designs, more projects can be completed with those technical um, barriers pushed aside. But not only the, the things that he's doing and the vision, but the vision he has also for creating teams and creating a company that will actually impact people's lives, both internally and externally, is also really inspiring to see how that comes to be. Fellas, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I get this quite often, actually. I, I speak to a lot of young entrepreneurs who are building things. And it's a really exciting place to be having gone, gone there for, for a little bit now. 
the one thing I keep saying over and over again is is ship fast and ship often. You you won't ship a, if you shipped a product that is perfect, then you've shipped it too late. So always be thinking about being agile and just being lean and continue to iterate. Unfortunately, I haven't been asked this much. <laughs> Not quite as cool as Nick yet, but um, I'll have my moment. First one is yeah, you, you can't do this alone. I mean, I was um, I say that I was a real lone wolf before I came into the fold here, and and I always I always thought that was the way to go. But after being here, you know what? Like, if you want to do something past a certain scale, you know, um, you actually want to get somewhere. Like, you cannot do that yourself. There are too many hats to be worn. Um, surround yourself with people uh, you trust and people you respect. Um, it's not going to help if you don't respect the people around you. Do what you're passionate about, and um, if you're lucky, uh, find other people who are passionate about the things that you aren't. Um, so that's that's why I think the team's so great here. I do what I love, and I've got people around me who um, who love doing what they do, which is a, a counterpart or you know composite or something. Both answers are fantastic. Well, Nick Rowan, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of Square Kicker. Awesome! Thanks for having us. It's, it's been great, great to be here. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Labhart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. big money on everything for your next project at menards spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools they're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and uv protection say big on suncast storage sheds view our selection of suncast products today in store and on menards.com save big